this morning we are going to continue our sermon series on evangelism as we continue our sermon series on evangelism today i would like to share the evangelical ministry of our lord jesus christ as he was displaying how we can do evangelism as he was ministering to the disciples at the sea at the side of the sea so this morning before we really go on to the sermon as we do for any other sermon in this series shall we all stand for a moment as we recite or as we take the evangelism pledge evangelism pledge so let's read through it as from the bottom of our heart and let's mean what we read let's let's begin i believe that i am called to share christ with others preaching the gospel is my duty holy spirit is urging me to preach the gospel woe to me if i do not preach the gospel i'm responsible for those who are not believers it i'm answerable if i don't share christ with others i'm making myself available to share christ with others I'm equipping myself to share Christ with others. I believe church is not within four walls. I believe church is not only for the believers. Church is for the unbelievers too. I know the world out there is seeking for God. My faith cannot be contained within me. I must invite my non-believing friends to come and see. If they don't come, I must go the place where they are. Please be seated. Oh, so he has somewhere to go. Sorry. I believe that Jesus can save, heal, and deliver. He uses ordinary people like me to achieve his mission. Lord, empower me. Give me the burden. Get me out of my comfort zone. I'm totally available for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as Fishing a Model for evangelism can you say that with me fishing a model for evangelism in luke chapter 5 we see jesus demonstrating an evangelical ministry model to as he was you know performing in fact he was facilitating the miracle of the great catch of fish you know as a result not only the fishermen got you know huge amount of fish not only that even four of them were called out into the ministry and bible says at the end of the miracle four of his disciples they started following jesus christ so it was an amazing example for an evangelical ministry model you know when we go out and evangelize we expect them to become followers of jesus christ and it may not happen just at that moment, but eventually it is going to happen. So I thought, you know, this is a very perfect model for any evangelical ministry that we are trying to do. So an amazing evangelical ministry model where ordinary fishermen, people like you and me, ordinary fishermen were transformed into the followers of Jesus Christ. So in fact, we are going to read that chapter, a couple of scriptures from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bible or you can watch the screen, Luke chapter 5, we are going to read from verse 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen, fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. 
Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Verse 7, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats, filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were uh, partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they heard brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. Ordinary fishermen who were catching fish, they were transformed into fishermen who will be catching men. Amen? So that's an amazing testimony, amazing miracle that Jesus performed. Now, as I was reading this scripture, there are a couple of thoughts, you know, in fact, I was reading it multiple times and there were a couple of thoughts that came across in my mind. They are basically the amazing truths of evangelical ministry. You know, when I say evangelical ministry, I refer to any kind of evangelism. The kind of evangelism we try to do, going out and meeting people and giving, handing over tracts and praying for them. Or it may be another kind of street ministry or it may be you know gospel meetings or it may be sometime you know you do personal evangelism you just you know try to keep in touch with some individual and pray for them and you know continue to you know work in their lives any kind of evangelism in you know, all these strategies can be very well applied let's read verse 3 again then he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the multitude from that boat as I was reading this, you know, I was observing Jesus was making use of the available resources. Can you say that with me? Make use of the available resources. You know, evangelism doesn't really need a lot of resources. Evangelism doesn't really require a lot of resources. We can make use of the available resources to do evangelism. You know, that's a simple form of any ministry. To meet somebody and talk to them and hand over a literature, it's, it's not a great, you know, resource-filled, you know, ministry. Just, it requires minimum amount of resources. You know, I know boats are not meant for preaching. Do you think boats are meant for preaching? If, if that's the case, we would have brought a couple of boats here, right? So boats are not meant for preaching. Boats are meant for fishing. Boats are really meant for fishing. And Jesus was making use of the available resources for evangelism. And as multitude pressed on him, basically he was in the need of a platform where he can stand and preach the gospel. But then, you know, that platform could not be found there. And all that Jesus could find there is, was the boat standing there at the side of the sea. And Bible says one of the boats was of Simon, Simon's boat. And as nothing else was available, Jesus used that boat to start preaching to the multitude. You know, what is important is gospel must be preached. Can you all look at me? Gospel must be 
preach. All of you, look at me. You don't need to, need to read your Bible now, okay? Keep looking at me. So, uh, and, and receive from me as we speak. So all of us, sorry. So gospel doesn't need a lot of resources. Gospel must be preached. That is what is important. Gospel must be preached. Paul says that, you know, preaching the gospel is my duty. And you know, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. So preaching the gospel becomes a necessity, you know, duty upon over all of us. Gospel must be preached. So in either way, in, in many different ways, street preaching and, you know, uh, evangelical preaching or, or maybe, you know, visiting schools and, you know, orphanages and visiting hospitals and visiting prison cells. Gospel must be preached to all the creatures. That's what Jesus said. You must go around and preach the gospel. You know, that is the last commission. The final commission that Jesus left with us was to preach the gospel to everybody. You know, many things actually do not matter really. If you really think about Jesus and the gospel, it's very simple. And all the many other things, you know, we bring in the middle, they don't, they don't really matter. Our denomination really doesn't matter for preaching the gospel. Our gender really doesn't matter for preaching the gospel. Our nationality, our skin color, our language, they don't really matter for preaching the gospel. Gospel must be preached. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Can I hear an amen from you? Amen? Gospel must be preached and it must be done with the available resources. Think about Jesus. All that he had was 12 disciples. And he was ministering to the 12 disciples in the, around the Sea of Galilee. You know, that was the center of his ministry. I don't remember exactly what was the circumference of in the Sea of Galilee. He was just walking around and I believe he, he walked more than, you know, 200, 300 miles during his ministry. But he was just walking everywhere ministering during the three and a half years and that's where you know he preached the gospel and the preaching that he made there impacted globally you know today people in every continent they know about jesus why because of the ministry the because of the impactful ministry that jesus performed as he was walking around the sides of the river of the sea of galilee so we know all those things all the complications really don't matter what matters is we need to be there preaching the gospel amen are you with me this morning amen verse 4 when he had stopped speaking he said to simon launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So number two things that I observe here. Stop speaking and start doing. When Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. The second thing that we observe here is stop speaking. Can you say that with me? Stop speaking and start doing can i hear that loud stop speaking and start doing now we have been sitting in the boat all along and talking for many years right now i remember when we started in 2012 people came to me and said pastor we need to go out and give tracks i didn't do anything even after that every year when people come here I remember finally Rishab and Meenakshi, they came here and they said, Pastor, we need to go out and start doing street evangelism. So I said, okay, I'm not made for that. I can preach here. I'm comfortable here and say the church. I can't do much outside. I was silent. But Jesus says, you stop speaking and start doing. Amen? So Jesus decided to stop his preaching 
And he told them, come, let's go out and do something. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Jesus said, let's stop preaching and let's go out and do something out there. Now, I just happened to put this quote there. I am called. Can you read that with me? I am called not only to be the mouth of Jesus to speak, but I am also called to be the hands and feet of Jesus to do what he did. Can you read that again with me? I'm called not only to be the mouth of Jesus to speak, but I'm also called to be the hands and feet of Jesus to do what he did. You know, if Jesus could have done without going out there and, you know, without touching those lives, if Jesus could have done, he could have preached in the synagogue. Everybody else would have saved on the face of this earth. No, that did not happen. This poor Jesus, you know, it's a pure, pure, poor Jesus in, in, in a humanity point of view. You know, he walked more than 200 miles. He walked, he walked to meet. You remember, he walked into the, in, into the country of gatherings as a woman, as a man with an with, with evil possessed man came running to Jesus. He went there just to meet him. And the noon of the day, it was much hotter than what we experience today. Jesus was sitting at the side of the well waiting for Samaritan women. Personal evangelism is very, very important. It's good that we preach. It's good that we get excited, you know, listening some of the sermons and hearing some of the sermons. But we cannot be just the mouthpiece of Jesus. That's not alone is enough. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus as exactly what Jesus did. And God expects us to do that. You know, today churches, they speak a lot. And once their speaking is over, what do they do? They go back to their caves. And then again they show up on next Sunday morning for a speaking time. Think about it. We come here and we speak a lot. How many words we speak, right? From 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. I don't know how many thousands. And more than me, you know, I, I make you to speak. A right? lot of speaking. But once all the speaking is over, we just go back to our caves and settle down. And again, come back and show up next Sunday morning for a time of speaking. But what do we do in between? You know, it's a question that God is asking all of us. Bible says, we got into the grooves of deception. That's what exactly the word of God says. Deceiving ourselves. A church which is not involving itself with an evangelical ministry. Bible says they are deceived already. Now, I'm afraid like... Whether we were deceived until this point of time. I thank God that God is reviving us. God is reviving us. Let's read James chapter 1 verse 22. James is writing here saying, but be, can you read that with me? But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. James is very clear, very plain. He's saying that if you keep listening, keep listening, keep listening all the messages and not doing anything, you deceive yourself. Can deception go to heaven? Can I hear an yes or no? Can deception go to heaven? No. So if you keep receiving, keep listening messages and not doing anything about it, can you go to heaven? Okay, probably you didn't understand the question. Let me ask the question again. Can you, if you keep listening, keep listening, keep listening more and more sermons and more and more messages and not doing anything about it, can we go to heaven? No. Okay. James says that. James says that we need to engage ourselves. And I'm not saying that, you know, only if you come on Saturday morning, evening or morning for the, for the outreach, you are, you are engaging. No, I'm not saying that. 
There are many things you are doing unknowingly. Many things you are doing in the, work, in the life of people. I really appreciate, honor those things. Thank God for those things. What you do. But we need to do. What is important? You know, what we do on Saturday, we are just encouraging people. Just motivating people. Taking them as a group. So that you know, they will feel comfortable. There is somebody next to them. You know, when they work and when they minister. But God is expecting us to minister to people. Not to get deceived ourselves. Verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. I was thinking, these same fishermen, they were toiling day and night, and they could get nothing. And what Jesus is expecting out of them now? It's the same fishermen again. So I said, just fishermen, they're not just fishermen, there, but there's, they have skills in fishing. You know, if you see any fishermen, you know, they, they, they have great courage you know, to go into the ocean, go, you know, go against the current and you know, go so deep into the ocean. And once they are gone, they are gone for two, three days till they come back. Think about the fishermen, not going in the steamboats, you know, speedboats, but you know, they are going just kind of in you know, a rowboats kind of thing. It's just a wooden piece. They go very far. They are very courageous men. But here we see that those courageous men, they could not get anything because they were trying over the night, but they got cake, they caught nothing. So they are just fishermen, but they are not just fishermen, but they are skillful in fishing. They were the same fishermen. It was the same boat. It was the same net. It was the same sea. And what was different? What is different now? Come on, speak. Yes. Jesus was there, I agree. What else? I would say, what is different right now? It's just one more try. Can you say that with me? One more try. Jesus was there, but they, if they were not willing, they were just walking away, nothing would have happened. It's true that Jesus was there, but they were willing to try once again. They were willing to try once again. You know, these fishermen, they were not just fishermen, they were really skillful in fishing. You know, there is something good about them. Do you agree with me? Even though they failed, but there is something that is really great about them. They were not just so foolish people. They were skillful fishermen. You know, many times, when we think about you know, ourselves going out and ministering, we need to think about that. We are not just what we are. There is a skill that God has placed. There is a talent that God has placed in our lives. God really doesn't make junk. Do you think God makes junk like us? No, not, we are not junk, right? God doesn't make junk. He makes beautiful vessels. Vessel of honor, that's what the Bible says. Vessels of honor. You know, we may be thinking what Jesus is going to do with this fisherman. They don't have the required education. They don't have the required personalities. They don't have any required eloquence to say anything, to speak anything. They don't have the required necessary resources. All that they had was their fishing boat and the fishing net. But they remember, they were skillful in fishing. Amen? Amen? I'm just going to say something to you this morning. The reason why Jesus is asking you to launch deep into the sea... Because you have something special in your life. I want you to listen to, this, to me this morning, this fact. Maybe you have a deep desire inside of you to share Christ to someone. 
Maybe it is that it is true that you know you have a burden for souls deep inside of you. Maybe it is true that you know when your heart really breaks when you see a soul that is perishing. Now, I know some of you are really burdened with you know such a heart, given given such a heart. Maybe you have a passion to do something for God, but you know you don't know how to do what to do. You have a passion to do something for God. They were not just fishermen, they were skillful fishermen. They had something inside of them that was a skill that is required for fishing. And you know, sometimes you may love the Lord deep inside of you. Or you would have given your life at some point of time for the gospel work. Some meeting, some crusade, when somebody was preaching the word of God. Or you know, you were in your own church. You would have stood up and gave your life to God. And God knows that. God sees that. There is something within you that pleases God. You know, remember, listen to me this morning. It's very important. They were not just ordinary fishermen. They were skillful fishermen. In the same way, God has placed something inside of each of you. God has placed something that is very precious inside of you. When Nathanael came to Jesus, Jesus said, Behold, an Israelite, indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael, first time he's seeing Jesus, and this is what Jesus spoke to him. And Nathanael asked Jesus, How do you know me? And Jesus said, Behold, sorry, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. It's not that you found the way to come to this place. You found the way to come to Jesus Christ. It is God who saw, saw you. It is God who saw you. You know, as I said, they were not just an ordinary fisherman. They were skillful fishermen. There is something that God saw in you. And that makes you capable. And that makes you helpful to be used by God. Amen. You know, this morning, just don't get rejected. Don't get, you know, discouraged. Don't think low about you. You know, God is having something precious in your life. God has planted a seed in your life. And that seed has to grow. And that seed has to become a tree. And it has to start yielding fruit. And God will use you to that extent when you are available for God. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, again the same scripture, launch out into deep and let down your net. Launch out into deep. You know, we need to go where fish are. Do you think that fish will come seeking you? you know, I have seen some of the children, you know, when parents are just at the shore, at the beach. We were watching that day. One little boy, one little girl, I guess. So, so she was trying to fish. You know, she had a fishing rod. And then she wanted to just, you know, all that she could do is she could just step into the water and through the fishing rod and expecting fish to come. Do you think it will happen? It's not going to happen. And she finally got something and she took that. It was just, you know, the seaweeds. It's, it's not fish. And then mom had to help, go and help and removing the seaweeds. So fish, they don't really come where we are. We need to launch into the deep to go where fish are. You know, fishing cannot be done at the shore. A large coordinated school of fish, they move deep under the sea. They don't really be seen at the surface of the water. So we need to go there to... How many of you have fished any time? Do you have any fishermen here? <laughs> Nobody fish, went for fishing? A couple of you, right? So, okay, it doesn't matter whether you caught or not. <laughs> But you went for fishing, right? You know what I'm talking about. Now, deep sea fishing, you know, there are locations, there are maps, there are spots identified. In fact, there is a GPS that will really tell you 
online, sorry, in live, where major fishes are, where the school of fish is really moving. And you can rightly go there. You know, the GPS will help you to locate deep into the sea. Maybe, you know, it, it may be two miles, three miles into the ocean. And then you go there and catch fish. So Jesus wanted Simon to launch out into the deep. As fish do not come to the shore, we need to go where fish are. So, you know, that's very, very important this morning. God has given us a special gift of talking to people. God has given us a special desire of going and meeting people. And God wants to use. You know, there is some way you know, people are attracted to you. I don't know what it is. Even if you don't put your makeup on that particular day, still people come to you for prayer. You know, I believe there is an anointing on you. It's not about your makeup. Just don't worry, okay? It's not about your makeup. There is something that is important. There is an anointing on your life. And when you go there, you see people coming to you. Because they need prayer. They need prayer. They need prayer. The more we start doing it, you will see God using us. You know, that talent, that ability is God-given. And we need to go and meet people where people are. Amen? Verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, here comes our Simon. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You know, this is the normal answer any child of God would give. Amen? You know, people ask me, why, Pastor, you don't encourage people to go out and evangelize? And what is the standard answer? We tried. It didn't work. Why, brother, you don't go out and, you know, preach and share gospel too with others? Pastor, I tried many times. It doesn't work. We try a couple of times and we give up. You know, even before going there, we come to a conclusion. No, 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 it's not going to work. He's trying to fool people. It's not going to work. You know, we come to a decision. Peter came to a decision. We tried all the night. And I know, Master, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And he's saying, Master, we toiled all night, nothing worked. You know, we cannot really give up by trying once or twice. Listen to me, this is very important. In the evangelical ministry, we need to keep on trying. Can you say keep on trying? We need to keep on trying. God wants us to keep going to the places where people are and trying without hesitation. And we need to try there, you know, without dis getting discouraged. We need to go there and meet people without any shame. Amen? Can I hear an amen? People who are feeling ashamed cannot do the evangelical work of God, gospel work of God. We need to come out of it. No shame. No, we are not shameful for many other things, remember? Is that true? We are not shameful for many other things. If it has to be done, we will do it. No matter what it is, we don't care about anybody. We will do it if we decide in our hearts. We are not shameful for many things. But it is a lie of the enemy that he put a shame in our lives. What people will think? Exactly the same situation Simon was. Lord, we tried all day and all night. It did not work. So there is nothing like getting tired in the gospel work. Amen? So you need to go and share. Go and share. Go and share. And how long you do it? Until? Amen? Until? We die. And on the other day, um, Pratima was saying, I guess, um, you were saying about the pastor? Who said me? About the pastor who is... Uh, 
somebody told me, someone who is who's here, about the pastor who is not, who's very weak, very sick. Okay, not, not none of you, maybe somebody else. So, you know, she was saying that, you know, her, her pastor back in India, so he's very sick. He's, he's having uh, all, all the kidney issues and he's having a heart condition. And, you know, doctors told, don't get her from the bed, but we don't find him in the bed. And his creatinine level is very high. He's going to die, but he's still visiting houses. Still visiting houses, preaching the gospel. Merlin told, thank you. So anyway, he knows that he's going to die one day. Until the last breath that God has given to us, go and share. Go and share. You know, it is the zeal that we need. It is a desire that we need. It is a desire that Simon, you know, God, Jesus expected from the life of Simon. Many great successful evangelists today, they tried the same thing over and over again. And eventually it worked. You know, some of the preachers, you know, street preachers, they go out and then pray for people and they're getting healed. If you talk to them, if you listen to their testimony, they would say that 300 times I prayed, nothing happened. Nothing happened. There are 200, 300 patients, uh, sick people I prayed. I did not see any healing, but I did not give up. I went on and on, on and on. Now, if I pray for somebody, if I touch somebody, healing is 100% certain. You know, God expects us to try. God expects us to not to give up. When we share Christ, people don't like it at times. It's okay. When we share Christ, at times, you know, it, things may not happen immediately. When we pray, we may not see things immediately. It's okay. When people, when we go and share the gospel, people may not respond in the way we expect them to respond, but it is okay. It is okay. It is normal. God expects us to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And eventually it works. Amen? And that's what Jesus said, Simon, why don't you just cast your net? Now you will see the glory of God. Never give up. Verse 6, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. The sixth one I want to talk about is, the final one, partnering in God's kingdom. Can you say that with me? Partnering in kingdom. Remember, in the kingdom of God, not just we alone work. Not just HAPM alone. Not just POC alone. Not just Pentecostals alone. Not just Methodists and Wesleyans and Baptists, you know, not just we alone work. We all work together in the kingdom of God. Amen? When we go for an evangelism, you would have prayed for somebody and that person would have got healed and today, next day morning, you will find him somewhere in the downtown in the church and standing and testifying, God healed me. He would never would have come to our church. It's okay. Amen? It's okay. We are not working for any church. We are not working for any person, not for any organization. We are working in the kingdom of God. When Simon got more fish, what he did? He signaled and called his partners, come. Come, there is something good going on in this place. Come, let's hear the word of God. Let's get healed. There is something, you know, God is pouring in this place. There is a revival, looks like it's coming up in this place. There are people going out and sharing the love of Christ. Can you come this place? Can you come to this place? We are all partnering in this mission. Let us learn something new this morning. Let's try to honor the work of God. The other churches are doing. The other denominations are doing. You know, sometimes I go through the Facebook and see that, okay, okay, this church, it's not our church, so I don't put the like there. Attitude, right? 
let's try to honor everybody it's difficult but we need to learn that because there is only one purpose there is only one objective of spreading the gospel there is nothing else all those other things they don't really matter at the end of the day the wheat is going to be collected into the same barn <laughs> god did not keep one barn for pentecostals and one for one born for methodists and one born for baptists no 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 it's all going to get collected into the same barn so the purpose is same and god expects us to partner in this mission with all the other movements you know we should have a heart to appreciate when god is moving in other movements you know when we see the work of god in the in, in, in other denominations and other churches at the end of the day it's all the same it doesn't matter who plans it doesn't matter who waters anyway who gives the increase god gives the increase god gives the increase amen it is not really about us it is about god and god expects us to work in harmony amen just want to close this with this illustration in 1912 a medical missionary dr william leslie he's a pharmacist from ontario and he went to live and minister to the tribal people of africa he worked for 35 long years as a medical missionary with the, with the American Baptist Missionary Union. During the last 17 years of his ministry, William worked in the Dem uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo among the tribal people in the remote places. You know, that's where he established his ministry. After 17 years of long, hard effort in Congo, this man of God, he returned to the United States so discouraged so discouraged he believed he failed miserably in the work of the kingdom of god because he could not impact anyone for christ he could not do anything even though he preached and walked miles after miles but he could not see anything happening and he died nine years after his return in fact he died discouraged he was so discouraged when he died but in 2010 Around 60, 70 years later, a team led by Eric Ramsey with Tom Cox World Ministries, they made a very shocking and sensational discovery when they went to the, to the mission field where he worked. They found a network of reproducing churches hiding themselves and you know just glittering like gems in that in that in that continent of Africa. And later they found out that was the exact mission base where Dr. Leslie worked. He did not see anything happening, but 60, 70 <coughs> years later, he found there are many growing churches in that part of the continent. With the help of the mission, Aviation Fellowship pilot Ramsey and his new team, they flew to the area. They used, they used canoes, canoes as well as they walked by feet. They hiked over the mountains to the, reach the village where the people, the tribe known as Ansi people, where they live. And that's where Mr. William was working. And based on his previous research, Ramsey says he thought Yancy people, they don't maybe they don't know about Jesus. They may little, they would have heard about Jesus. But when he went there, they were really unprepared to see what they were seeing. They say hundreds of churches built out there. And those churches are multiplying churches. Those churches were growing churches. And Ramsey thought, you know, you know, God did wonderful things through the man of God, Dr. William. He did not know anything about it, but that was a seed that was planted by his ministry. And this is what Ramsey exactly said in his reports. When we got in there, we found a network of reproducing churches throughout the jungle. 
Each village had its own gospel choir. They wrote their own songs and would have sing-offs from village to village. Amen? Ramsay said Dr. Leslie's goal was to spread Christianity. He felt he never really made, it, made a great impact on the world. But the legacy he left is still continuing. You know, what is important today is we are called to plant a seed. And once the seed is planted, you know, the seed has life in it to grow by itself. You just go there and share the gospel with somebody, talk to them, show the love of Christ, and tell them that you love for a reason. Why? Because you are loved by God, loved by Christ. That's the reason I love you. You plant a seed in that life, and the seed has the ability to grow by itself. You don't need to do anything about it. Because seed has a potential inside of it. And seed is the word of God. Seed is the love of Christ. Seed is the, you know, what you tell somebody about Christ. And when you do that, the seed will start growing by itself. Amen. Shall we all just stand?